You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, welcome back to the Life Repurposed podcast. This is episode number 41, and I'm continuing in a series on relation tips. This is part two, and I'm going to talk about one of the most difficult phrases to say. Now, it probably isn't the most difficult phrase for everyone to say, but that phrase is, I was wrong. If you're somebody who has a difficult time admitting you're wrong, like I have and still do many times, I think you'll appreciate this episode. One of the things that I've noticed in um, social media, the things that are going on in the news, so much stuff going on right now, I've noticed that there are a lot of sources of information that are coming at us. And I think it's really hard for people sometimes to admit that the source that they used or the article they shared perhaps didn't have correct information in it. And even as a couple, it's hard sometimes, well, it's especially hard in marital relationships to learn to admit our mistakes, whether it's admitting I was wrong in hurting another person, hurting my husband, or whether it's admitting that I just made a mistake in the information I shared. There's so many levels to admitting that we're wrong. I never like to admit that I'm wrong, and it's an ongoing thing for me to learn how to to be better at that because I know it's good for relationships and I know it improves relationships. It's just hard for me to get to that place. And so the phrase I was wrong is one that comes up in cases where we have said something to offend somebody else or where, like I said, we've shared information that is not correct or maybe we're looking up information and maybe you've been there where you're having a discussion with somebody and you're trying to decide what the correct answer is. It used to be you would just settle it and figure it out later. And now we have smartphones, so we just go on Google right there. And oftentimes that can be a strain on relationships because it proves right then and there sometimes that somebody is wrong. And so then it's really hard when you feel like you're backed in a corner to say, well, I was wrong about that especially if you've just all out staked your life on it and said, I know for a fact that this is right. And then somebody proves you wrong. As a perfectionist, I have always hated getting questions wrong on a test. I've hated failing at something. I hate losing. I hate not knowing something. I gravitated towards academics and arts because I'm a terrible athlete outside of having strength on my side. Like I was always a strong farm kid. And so, um, you know, I had that, but I have no coordination or speed. And so most sports for me in school meant getting picked last in phi ed class or uh, being the loser in the match. I played tennis, and that was probably the one sport that I did okay at. But anyway, in academics, I excelled. And a lot of this is because if you can be right, you can win. If you can answer a question right on a test, you win. You get the 100%. If you know a lot of facts, you sound really smart and you can win arguments. So it isn't surprising that it carries over into my relationships that I like to be right. And I've learned over time that arguments don't accomplish much, but 
I would defend my position to the end if it meant in the past that I didn't have to say I was wrong, even if I knew the argument wasn't getting anywhere. And if you're ever matched with somebody who's very much like you, you know that this could just go on and on and on forever. And I have uh, one of our sons is more like me. And so he and I have discussions and actually they they don't get nasty or mean or anything like that. But we just would go on and on and on because neither one of us likes to admit that we're wrong. And so we just keep on pushing our point. So what happens with those of us who have a hard time admitting we're wrong is it leads to hurting the feelings of other people and not being great at apologizing since apologizing means I'm coming to a point where I have to admit I'm not perfect. So there are all sorts of ways that we justify and try not to admit that we are wrong. I think in relationships we have the wrong idea about being wrong. I think that we have a perception of what admitting we're wrong means. And I just want to make it clear here that being wrong does not mean you're any of these things that I'm about to say. But I think that there are times when we think this is what we're saying. So being wrong does not mean any of these. It does not mean you're stupid. It does not mean you're unreliable. It doesn't mean you're unqualified. It doesn't mean you're not valuable. It doesn't mean you're incompetent. It simply means you were wrong. And I think that's something for for those of us who struggle with admitting that we're wrong and perhaps have even damaged relationships because of it, there's a perception that if I admit I'm wrong, I'm admitting I'm stupid, I'm incompetent, I'm unqualified, I'm not valuable, I'm unreliable. These are all things that, especially even in the workplace, are really important qualities. And so even at work, sometimes admitting I was wrong or I did something wrong or I messed up could actually lead to feeling that insecurity of like, I don't, I'm not valuable here. I made a mistake. So it's important to remember it simply means we're wrong. And having the facts wrong, like just getting some information wrong, isn't a big deal if you're, lear- if you're willing to learn the right ones. You know, if you, you have the information wrong and somebody shows you the correct information, no big deal. I just want to learn the right ones. And like I said, smartphones have really changed this because an argument can be settled right then and there by just looking something up. But here's one of the tests that goes along with that to to see what your what your emotional intelligence is when it comes to admitting you're wrong. Because when someone responds to you with facts that prove you're wrong, what is your answer? So one of the things that I've found like this feeling inside is who cares anyway? If that's what comes out, you know, if someone points it out, you're wrong. Well, who cares anyway? Well, we do care. We cared enough to have an argument about it. So that's a sign that there could be a problem rather than just saying, oh my goodness, wow, you were right. (laughs) I guess it's right there. How could I have thought that? And then move on. So your response is really important there when it comes to admitting that we're wrong. Another challenge that we could possibly have is not feeling that it's safe in a relationship to give in to someone else and just admit that we were wrong. Being wrong in a relationship is okay if we're willing to mutually care for one another so that when someone else admits they're wrong and then we forgive, we don't use it as leverage to condemn or belittle the other person. So in a healthy relationship, both are safe to admit mistakes. But if the relationship is unhealthy, then that is a problem if one person 
uses it as leverage to shame or put down somebody else. So it's really important that together we get to a place where it's safe. Saying I was wrong is often perceived as a weak thing that undermines respect. And I would counter that with the idea that I have less respect for someone who can't admit they're wrong even when all the evidence proves it. I have a lot of respect for somebody who gets backed into a corner and just humbly says, I have that all wrong. I'm totally wrong about this. And then it, the, the relationship moves forward. So let's talk about how relationships can be restored when we admit we are wrong. My relationship with my husband, Phil, is better than it ever has been after 30 years of marriage. And I think it's partly because I'm slowly learning how to admit when I'm wrong. And I'm not saying it's all because I'm better. Together, we've grown in our relationship. And this is just one of the areas where I've gradually matured. There's a sweetness in relationships where we can freely admit to our shortcomings and still be loved. But it has to be a mutual thing. So if you're like me and you have a hard time getting to that place, your relationships will suffer until you get to that place of humility. And some relationships will even fade away and you'll never know what happened to the friendship. And part of it is because we're just not willing to take responsibility for hurts that we might have caused. If what's happening in your heart and what's happening in your mouth at the moment it comes time to admit you're wrong aren't like aligning. I hear you. I understand that. There have been times in the past when my heart knows it. I know I need to apologize. I know I need to make the first move and I can't bring my mouth to say it. I just can't do it. It's like I choke on it. I choke on I was wrong. There are some ways of admitting you're wrong in a gentler way. And I'm going to talk in a, a minute here about ones that I I would say not to use um, because there are some that put the blame on the other person. But these are some ways to admit that you're wrong without, it's almost like practice for getting to the place where I can just all out say, I was wrong. Okay, so here's some examples. If someone's in a conversation with you and you, you're sensing, yeah, I'm wrong about this, one thing you can say is that's a valid point. You have a valid point there. Validating their what they're saying and their feelings uh, starts to soothe something in you that gets you to a place where you can say that person is is right and I'm wrong. Uh, here's another one that I've used with my husband sometimes is I'll say, I'll give you that. You know, if he points out one of my shortcomings, he's like, you always do this. You know, we try not to use always, but you know, you, you always say this. And it's like, yeah, I'll give you that. I do. I do need to work on that. So that is something that I've practiced. Um, maybe we say, I can see your side of this. And that's one way. Uh, one thing not to do, please do not say, my bad. There's something about that phrase that just really irritates me. Um, it, it's not to me any admission of, um, I was wrong. My bad is just like a dismissive thing, like, oops, I don't care. So I don't advocate for that one at all. Um, some other things you could say is, I'm sorry, I don't have any excuse for that. That's a way of saying, I'm wrong. I'm sorry I was wrong, and I have nothing to say. I, I was simply wrong. Um, you could also preface a phrase when you're trying to defend yourself, but deep down inside you know I might not be right about this. You could just say, I could be wrong about this, and then state your opinion so that you're put, you're making room there for maybe you're not 100% right and, and starting an argument. Now, I do want to be clear, like I said um, just 
a minute ago, I'm not advocating for what I would think of as weasel words, where I'm trying to weasel out of the blame. They're either passive or they're shifting the blame to someone else. So here's some examples. You're in a discussion with somebody who really matters to you. They are pointing out some valid points and you're just not ready to admit you were wrong. It is not helpful to say something like, if you say so, that doesn't get anywhere. That's not taking blame. That's not admitting you were wrong. That's dismissive. Another one is to do something passive, like saying uh, a mistake could have been made. Well, that's not saying I made the mistake, even though I know I did. So that's don't use a passive route. Um, another thing that's not helpful is to know you were wrong, but then turn it into an at least statement. Well, at least I didn't, and then fill in the blank. At least I didn't do that. It's like, well, just because you told me something worse that you could have done doesn't make this any better. Or shifting the blame completely to the other person and saying something like, you took this all wrong. That's saying that it's all their fault. And um, you're, you're basically trying to weasel out of taking responsibility for being wrong. And then, like I said, if you say so, I think I, I wrote it down twice on my list. It must be important. Okay, so um, I think it's important to remember that how you handle yourself when you're wrong says a lot more about you than being wrong about something does. So if you, if you handle being wrong with maturity and grace, it shows humility. But if you get defensive and argumentative, it shows emotional immaturity. So as we move into wrapping up here, I want to leave you with a resource that helps you to evaluate emotional maturity because sometimes that's where we need to go to get to the base of some of the emotional struggles that we have within relationships. So the resource that I want to talk about today is a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. This is written by Travis Bradbury and Jean Graves. And um, this is a book written for a lot of business leaders, but I find that it's also really helpful in relationships because it digs into looking at some of your triggers and some of the places where you might always struggle. Like if you're in a meeting and you feel attacked, but maybe there is no attack, why does the fight or flight kick in? What emotional insecurity do you have that um, kicks in and causes you to react in a certain way? Maybe there's a struggle that you have in your job or in relationships that just keeps coming up. You'll find a link to this book at michellerayburn.com slash 41, where I'll have a description there and a little link for you. But emotional intelligence is also abbreviated as EQ. So think of like IQ intelligence quotient. This is emotional intelligence. So we're thinking EQ or um, yeah, EQ and emotional Emotional Intelligence 2.0 is a step-by-step -step program for increasing your emotional intelligence using four core skills, and those are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And the book really goes into how these particular awarenesses in your emotions can help you with goals and achieving your fullest potential in life, not just at work. So the book also gives you access to an online edition of an emotional intelligence test where you can take this questionnaire and on the emotional intelligence appraisal, you will find out 
where some of your strengths and weaknesses are. And so you can begin to make changes and learn how to apply information that's in the book. The test helps to pinpoint emotional intelligence strategy that would help you grow your EQ the most. It helps to reveal behaviors that are responsible for your score. So just evaluation of yourself. And then it measures how much your EQ has increased from your efforts. So when I talk about learning to admit I was wrong, this is an emotional intelligence awareness thing where it's something I'm working on over time. And so my score now might be different than it was, say, 10 years ago. So it's important to evaluate and just see where you're at. It can help you if you don't know at all where to begin with some of your emotional challenges, especially in relation to conflict and relationship struggles and stuff like that. So that's all I have for you today. I want to encourage you to build some awareness in those moments where you're squirming a little bit and wanting to get out of admitting you were wrong in a relationship when just moving past it and showing a moment of weakness might be the thing that actually strengthens the relationship. So thanks for tuning in. Please come back next week as I continue with the series on relation tips. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. 